the AFC South is like a revolving door. New faces in, new faces out. How all of that can play into the success for the Houston Texans this upcoming season. We start our early preview of the AFC South. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, discussing the AFC South. We'll break those down into two teams for two segments, the Colts, the Titans, and then we'll end off with the Jaguars and the Houston Texans. As of right now, the Colts and Titans are the favorite to win the AFC South. Colts plus 105, Titans plus 125. Jaguars plus 650 and the Houston Texans, a team that finished ahead of them last season, (laughs) plus 2,500. And so as of right now, Vegas has the Houston Texans basically finishing last in the division. We'll, We'll talk about that later in the show as well. But, Cody, the ALC South has had some major changes um, when you look at who's out, Carson Wentz is out. Hmm. Matt Ryan is in. A.J. Brown is out. Insert the rookie wide receiver, Alec Burke. I'll get into all of that. But in your perspective, is this now a division more than ever for the Houston Texans where you can maybe see some light at the end of the tunnel? And it doesn't seem like there's one team that you absolutely know is going to take it and run away with the division. Yeah, I truly do believe that the AFC South might be the biggest division up for grabs because, John, as we sit here, and of course this is before training camp, before preseason, before regular season, as we sit here on July 6, 2022, I cannot say one team in this division has an upper hand. As a matter of fact, John, First of all, let me just start at the top. When you take a look at the Tennessee Titans, you talk about with you talk about them losing AJ Brown. That is a big loss for that organization. Plus, you also got to consider Derrick Henry. How is he going to look as the is he still going to be that dominant running back that we knew prior to his foot injury? And I do believe he's going to come back really, really good, but Every time a player has a significant injury, that first year when they come back, it's almost like a rehab season. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to run him into the ground at the beginning of the season like we remember over the last two years. And we all know his ability to run the football is part of the reason why the Tennessee Titans was the team to beat in this division over the last, what, two seasons. When I take a look at the Indianapolis Colts, and I know we're going to get into this, but I am not a believer in Matt Ryan. Um, I think he's getting up there in age. I do not see the Indianapolis Colts being the the, 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 the number one dominant team in this division. And you got to take a look at the two teams at the bottom. Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills. Why did I not say Texans in Jacksonville? Yeah, I want to know because, why not. <laughs> It's because I do believe if one of those two young quarterbacks – 
confined in this early and I do believe the success of both the Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars is going to weigh heavily upon their second year quarterbacks. If both of those guys can find their niche early and get their organization into a respectable level, a competitive, a competitive level sooner rather than later, I would not be surprised if midway through the season we're looking at a standpoint of the Texans or Jacksonville being at the top of this division. I think it's wide open. Like I say, John, maybe you might see it different than I do. But like I say, as we sit here prior to the start of training camp, I do not believe there is a dominant team in this division. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest with you. I would like to add how you, you just gave a lot of props. Well, just, I guess, put on notice for second-year quarterbacks, mm-hmm. uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, Davis Mills. would like to add that not only will those franchise success weigh heavily on those shoulders – but it will also weigh heavily on these coaches that will be in their mm. first season as head coaches with these franchises in terms of Doug Peterson and Lovey Smith. And I do think that will play a huge role in whether or not we'll see better versions of those two franchises. But we'll get into them later in the show. Do want to swing back around to the Titans. Listen, Derrick Henry is now 28, battled injuries last season. And uh, listen, those insane amount of carries – Derrick Henry has had since high school. I think that may finally be catching up to him. And if you guys hmm. have not seen the amount of carries, well, I think it's from like Alabama or Mississippi or something. <laughs> Go look at Derrick Henry's uh, carries while he was in high school. It's, it's ridiculous. I do believe that I, I, I look at Derrick Henry as a guy with those injuries, especially last season, as a player that I'm cautious of right now. Mm-hmm. And, and I love Derrick Henry's game, straightforward to the punch. And I think that's why when you look at uh, when you look at what the Tennessee Titans were able to do with bringing back Deontay Foreman, listen, Foreman right now had a great season last year in absence of Derrick Henry, 566 yards, the most since his rookie year with the Texans, three hmm. touchdowns. And he was also, you know, I think pretty decent on the ground as well when I look at a backup. So, he is not Derrick Henry, you know, nowhere near, but Foreman is very respectable. However, trading away A.J. Brown and replacing him with a Traylon Burt, who has been struggling heavily in offseason workouts due to asthma, that is going to be an issue this year as well. The, the Titans' window was not a big window to begin with. They were one of those teams that needed to catch hot at the right moment, and they haven't mm-hmm. done so to this point. And Ryan Tannehill, last time we saw him play – uh, play football, three interceptions, two of those were just great plays made by the by the defender. But he's also a season older. They have a tough stretch between uh, after their uh, week six bye, highlighted by the Chiefs, the Packers, the Broncos, the Eagles, and four division games. Now, if we're looking at the AFC South right now, I'm not as confident in the Tennessee Titans as I was in them last season or the year prior. Now, when I look at the Colts, their offseason additions, Matt Ryan, Yannick Nguakwe, they did not lose Mo Alley-Cox. They got him signed to an extension. You know who we're not mentioning right now? I'm about to go ahead and throw his name out there. Steven Gilmore. Can't, uh, my boy who played for the Titans, the Titans, the Patriots for those years, won a Super Bowl with us, lockdown corner. The thing that I like about Matt Ryan outside of Carson Wentz, is when I look at the deep ball accuracy of the last year. Last season, 
on deep ball attempts. Matt Ryan was 20 of 42, 718 yards, a 3 to 1 TD ratio, and a 107 passer rating. And was also a damn good quarterback in terms of play action. Now, why is play action important? Well, you have Jonathan Taylor back there, and at times you're going to have Naheem uh, Hines, Hines, and you also have uh, Philip Lindsay. And as your wide receiver group, you got Michael Pittman. He's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Philip Lindsay did get signed to the coach, by the way. Yeah, I know. But I'm making that. You, that's a that's a player that you highlighted. Like, well, really? I, I, I got to throw his name out there. <laughs> but they also drafted rookie wide receiver Alec Pierce, who I think is very underrated. Was going to fly mm-hmm. under the radar, but I think he would be tremendous, and his contributions will be well respected and and important for the coach this upcoming season. So when I look at everything, and we'll, of course we'll get into the Jags and the, and the Texans, and I don't believe those two will at this time compete for a division. I think it does come down to the Colts and Titans. I look at Matt Ryan as a huge difference maker compared to Carson Wentz because you're going to need a quarterback when it's time to put the ball in the air. Matt Ryan could do that, still in his career at his older age, and somebody who can manage clocks and not – turn over the ball, not turnover prone. And they got that in Matt Ryan. So I do believe that at this time, the Matt Ryan led, the Jonathan Taylor led, the Yannick Ngakwe led Indianapolis Colts, in my opinion, will end up being the winner of the AFC South division. I I understand what you're saying, John. I have the utmost respect for Matt Ryan, but I just don't think he's going to be enough to get that team over the hump. And I say that because, and look, you're talking to talking to a guy who watched a lot of Matt Ryan with him being in the same division in Atlanta playing against the New Orleans Saints, a team that I grew up love, loving and I still do today. The one thing about Matt Ryan, it's like when the moment gets too big for him, he kind of shrinks. And the reason why I don't feel he's going to be that much of a difference maker in Indianapolis is because I go back and I take a look at some of the damn good teams that he had in Atlanta. He only made the Super Bowl once. And then when he made the Super Bowl, they blew away. What was it, 28-3 lead? Yeah, I understand that was against Tom Brady, but there's no way in hell he should have a playoff record of four and six with some of the great talent that he played with in Atlanta. If he couldn't do nothing with Julio Jones in the prime of his career, what makes you think he's going to do something in Indianapolis? I think circumstances are different. I think when you look at the Colts. And by the way, he's a lot older than he was when he was playing with Julio Jones. Yeah, I think when you look at the Colts with Matt Ryan, I think right now you have a a perfect bridge quarterback for whatever you're looking for the future. That's that's how I feel. I don't think Matt Ryan is the long-haul quarterback. I don't think this is a a quarterback you're going to invest heavily in for your future. But if we're looking at the division of the ALC South, I look at Carson Wentz and how lackluster he played towards the end of last season. Uh, it just wasn't going to get it cut and get it done. And he also had a world full of talent, a very good run game, a very good defense, something that in his tenure in Atlanta, Matt Ryan has not been able to say consistently, Consistently, I have a good defense. Now you insert Matt Ryan, who will have a better wide receiver core. Remember, really just kind of up and left on the Falcons last season through the first five or six games when he wasn't getting it done after, after not Matt Ryan, after Julio Jones was gone, all that was placed on his shoulders – and he wasn't performing well. He had to step away for the game for his reasons, and we respect it from his reasons. 
And now he's on a one-year suspension, by the way. But he also had Cordell Patterson was trying to do everything as, as a running a receiver. He had a phenomenal year. But the offensive line for the Falcons were lackluster, right? Uh, you also look at the defensive side of the ball. Injuries were plaguing them game in, game out. So for Matt Ryan, what is your job right now in this AFC South division that isn't the strongest in the NFL? Your job is to not turn over the ball. Your job is to coach these young receivers up. You've played with the likes of Roddy Rich. I mean, not Roddy Rich. Roddy White, uh, Julio Jones, even Calvin Ridley, those couple of good years. Get them ready for the next level as well. And go out there and win some games. You got Jonathan Taylor. We're not going to ask you to go out there and add the ball out 35 times a game. He is similar in a Ryan Tannehill role, which is great for him at his age right now. But I trust Matt Ryan way more than I trust Ryan Tannehill. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. And you've already probably tried the amazing coconut brownie trunk, chunk, excuse me, built bar. But guess what? Your friends that built have given you a coconut brownie chunk, the puff treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk is a built bar flavor that a lot of people love and a very deliciously marshmallowy, chewy, covered in 100% chocolate kind of way. It's fluffy like a cloud, and you can't beat the low calories, the low sugar, the high protein, but all of that deliciousness. All built bars are made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good. It's good for you. The best part about built bar puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect for when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you just need a quick, healthy snack to pass along your day. Go to Build.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Build.com. Welcome back, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers out there. Thank you guys for sticking around to enjoy today's episode. Uh, eventually, very soon, on the 18th of this month, I want to say, we'll be back to more frequent shows, getting ramped up for training camp. The Houston Texans take on the New Orleans Saints on the 13th of August. Cody's Look at Cody's right now. <laughs> busting through. You guys can see Cody on YouTube. Love that black and through. gold, baby. <laughs> and I think that is actually going to be a pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think Houston is in a position where they can take preseason lightly this year. And I think for them to kick it off with the New Orleans Saints, again, it's just preseason. But for them, it's not just preseason. Um, I think that's a good opening for them, for the Texans to get kicked off with. Let's get kicked back off with the AFC South. Cody, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Doug Peterson, no Urban Meyer. Travis Etienne will be back as a running back this season, or he may play some slot receiver we'll see how they utilize him in that offense but as you politely put it earlier in the show the jacksonville jaguars they operate those wheels turn wherever trevor lawrence takes them and how important it is for trevor lawrence to be just better than he was last year we're not necessarily asking of him to go out there and have a most improved season or an mvp caliber season but at least go out there and throw for more TDs and interceptions. And I get it. 
a chaotic season for him last year, a hmm. chaotic franchise. All of that is in the past. It is time for him to build. Uh, in terms of the Jacksonville Jaguars and them being a plus 650 and trying, you know, uh, winning the division, is it possible for them? What, what can they do and how will that affect the Texans? To be honest with you, the Texans and Jaguars, they mirror each other to the point. It's not even funny. Both of them went out and hired a proven head coach who has had both success and failures throughout their careers. Both of them has had a very good draft. Both of them, their top overall pick was the best defensive players at their position. Both both teams have added really good veterans that can actually help their organizations succeed more so on the offensive side of the ball both organizations are getting players coming off of injuries ironically in the backfield that can actually help their rushing attack that's why when we talked about that's why when i opened up this segment looking at the jacksonville jaguars and the texans possibly being in play for the AFC South. That's why I say the only thing that I truly believe as we sit here right now that is going to separate the organization is the play coming from quarterback. And you're looking at two guys that were ironically in terrible situations throughout their first seasons, show some promise. And we both, whether you're a Texans fan or Jaguars fan, we are both expecting both Trevor Lawrence and Davis Mills to elevate their play going into their second season and john i don't want to sound like a homer but once again and you heard me argue this once before when it all boils down to it davis mills outplayed trevor lawrence last season which lets me know which has me believing there is a possibility that if the afc south comes down between the jacksonville jaguars or the texans and i do think it is a small possibility that both of these teams could be in play I'm going to give the hand over to the Houston Texans only because Davis Mills, at least as of right now, has shown more promise than what we saw out of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and I will look at – let's look at it like this. Doug Peterson, as a head coach, won a Super Bowl. And when we saw him win that Super Bowl, uh, that was a a team that rushed for 4.5 yards per carry – Average uh, 130 on the ground that year. Held their teams, their opponents to 14 yards per game. And remember, he had Carson Wentz looking like the MVP of that year before he went down. And Carson Wentz hasn't been the same since. What I expect out of this franchise this upcoming season is to really utilize their running backs. Something that for some odd reason, Urban Meyer and, and his ego didn't want to do last season. You have James Robinson. You also have Travis Etienne. Now, here's an issue when we look at those two teams, when we look at the franchise of the Jaguars, both of their best players struggled last year. James Robinson is coming off a uh, not a hamstring injury. I think he's coming off a an Achilles injury. Travis Etienne, their first-round pick from last season, we know that he got hurt and got the Lens Frank injury. He's been preparing to come back the same injury that Derek Stingley got. So I think he'll be 100% ready to play football this year. I am interested to see how this will be utilized on that offense, how those two players will be utilized on that offense. And overall, 
we we putting we're putting a lot of you know a lot of stress and on the back of Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, but as much of a player's coach Doug Peterson is, Doug Peterson is in a very I think challenging spot. I, one thing about the Jaguars is I don't think that organization is ran well. And this is coming from a guy who covers the Houston Texans for the past three to four years. This is also a franchise that hasn't been ran well. So Doug Peterson, he still has a couple of things to fight against. When it comes to on that field, I want to see Trevor Lawrence be just better. And for the Texans to switch it over, you guys still have their number. When was the last time the Jaguars beat the Texans? To be honest, I can't even remember. And just as much as the Jaguars has gotten better, the Texans have gotten better. And I, and I look at this franchise as a franchise that, at the very least, going into this season, there's a couple of things we would like to see you check off. Keep beating the Jaguars, but they have to be better and beat the Colts or the Titans. The Texans and the Titans have had some very good games the past couple of seasons. Two of those games were – led by Deshaun Watson, one of those games last season where Davis Mills uh, came back and, and that was a very winnable game at one point. But they have to be competitive against the Colts. Now, Lovey Smith, you're also in the same position as Doug Peterson. What are you going to do in, in your seat as head coach now with you're wearing the head coaching hat that's going to be different from the last couple of seasons? The Texans have had three coaches in two years, four now with Lovey Smith. What can you do to be better? I think this whole division, I wouldn't say it's up for grabs. I think it'll be much more competitive than last season. I don't think we see two teams finish with four wins. So, John, with that being said, and I know you, you looked at me crazy when I, when I said this, but if what percentage would you give it of the Texans and or the Jaguars being in play for the AFC South. Because I, I, I honestly, I do not believe the Titans or the Colts are going to be the top two teams in this division. And, and that's why I wanted to make this parallel because the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans, they are so much alike. And that's why I keep going back to if one of these quarterbacks, Davis Mills or Trevor Lawrence, can elevate their play, they're going to be number two in this division. Now, would that get them to the playoffs? I don't, I don't know. But both of these teams, man, the, and one thing I would give both of the, both of these franchises credit for, they went out in the offseason and did what they had to do in order to get their franchise back to a competitive standpoint. Yeah, that's all cute. I just don't see no team. I don't see the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Houston Texans being better than the Colts. What about, the, is, what about we, the Titans? We, what about we, the Titans? Because remember, Titans, we opened up this segment talking about all the Titans have lost. And by the way, you mentioned all the players who have left the AFC South. Ryan Tannehill's halfway out the door himself. <laughs> right, because, you know, at some point throughout the season, we may see Malik Willis. And if we get to that point, then I think we will speak to the, the state of that franchise. Exactly. Now you, you, now you look at a Jacksonville Jaguar team or a Houston Texan team that can sneak up. And I get that. So I, I'll rank it like this. Right now I have the Colts number one. I think this Colts team can be very damn good. Like a team that may shock you in the playoffs type of good. 
Mm. After that, for number two, it's hard to tell. The first five weeks of the season will be very important for the rest of those three teams. And we talked about, I mentioned it earlier, when I look at the, uh, not the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Titans schedule after their bye week. They have an early bye week, and they have a, a tough stretch where some of those games, based off last season in the competition, and all of those teams have gotten better outside of, you look at the Green Bay Packers, they lost Devontae Adams. Some of those games I can't count as a dub for them right now in early July when we haven't even made it to training camp. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league. Because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action, so make sure you're checking out the Locked On NFL Podcast. Cody, I know you're about to get into it a couple of years ago, man. Just revisiting time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it just seemed like the AFC South would, would kind of be in a position that maybe the AFC West is in right now or, mm. you know, you look at Patrick Mahomes being drafted to the, the, the Chiefs and Herbert, the Chargers and Carr with the Raiders. And a few years ago, we thought we were going to have that. And now – Got an old man, got two old men at the top of the team. <laughs> we got two young bucks at the bottom of the team, and just a lot of re- replacing and faces were going on. But yeah, you, you know, I are. would say, I would say there, there's still a chance that the AFC South can be the AFC West because not no, only do no, you have no, 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 not only do you have the promise and the development of Davis Mills and Trevor Lawrence, but I'm gonna go ahead and throw Malik Willis in there as well. <laughs> what are you doing? You got to put your headphones back on. <laughs> but, you know, in all honestly, John, you know, we talked a lot about the Indianapolis Colts and whether or not they're going to be uh, being played for the AFC South title. And it's just kind of funny because, of, of course, here on this show, we talk a lot about what could have been with Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. But throughout this whole entire episode, I, I just kept thinking to myself, you know, what the Indianapolis Colts would have been, what this division would have been had Andrew Luck not just up and retire on them. And it's kind of funny because you go back, what, a couple years ago, I think it was 2018, 2019, the Indianapolis Colts demolished the Texans in the playoffs and when the Texans left in when the Texans left NRG Stadium that game, the only I always go back to that game and I say the only reason why Andrew Luck had Deshaun Watson's number at that time was only because Andrew Luck was more established. He has he had already been through the ground of what it means to go through a playoff game. You know, Deshaun Watson, that was his first playoff game. And, you know, there was a lot of promise surrounding that game because you truly believe that those two guys were going to battle it out in this division for at least the next, what, seven to 10 years. And, you know, you look at the Indianapolis Colts, they are now on their, what, fifth, maybe sixth starting quarterback since the departure of Andrew Luck. And, of course, you already know um, the – They had three last year play, I think. Yeah. So – They got Matt Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, they've been on a quarterback carousel, you know, thankfully – Everything works out with Davis Mills. The Texans would not be on a quarterback carousel since the departure of Deshaun Watson, but it's still like, man, we already know how that played out. But it's just crazy, man. You just take a look at this division. 
will this division ever have a dominant team? Because ever since Peyton Manning left, no, ever since Peyton Manning left, what was that, in 2011, 2012, this division literally has been up for grabs for like the last nine to ten seasons. That's a great question. I think the one <laughs> team that has the real possibility to do so, this may sound crazy, the Jags. What? Yeah, I, 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 I like some of the talent the Jags have. And I like some of the talent Houston has. I'm unsure about the future at quarterback for Tennessee. They drafted Malik Willis, and I'm very unsure about Malik Willis. I've always been. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope the best for him, of course. The Colts, that's a team where I don't know if the Colts are going to be bad enough to draft the top quarterback coming out. You know what I mean? And I don't think the Colts are going to be good enough to where they make a like a real run at the uh, Super Bowl. I do think that if they get hot mm-hmm. this year, they may be one of those sneakier teams, but not a dominant year-in and year-out team. I really like the Jags with Doug Peterson as head coach. I think he's going to run the ball. He has two talented running backs. He has a, you know, as of right now, a very uber-talented quarterback that we've been watching play football for the past five or so years in Trevor Lawrence. And, and, and I think that as long as football guys allow the football guys, like the business side to allow the football guys to handle football, the Jags has some talented pieces on their roster on both sides of the ball. I, I, I can see it being the Jags, but I can also see Houston being a team that kind of models and mirrors the early 2010 Houston team when they were really good. Mm, now, I, I do think that. that they have to work tremendously to build that defense up to get back to that. But I will look at how good they were on defense. I think Houston can replicate that offensively. Well, Or, or just say they matched off great years when you had Aaron Foster running the rock back there and Vontae Leach and Andre John- Like I think Houston can be offensively somewhat close to that within the next two seasons. Uh, but I, I really like the Jags. I'm sorry. I, I like I like what the Jags future holds. Like I said, it's going to be interesting, man. And, and like I keep saying throughout this whole entire show, I truly do believe the one thing that's going to separate both of these franchises is which second-year quarterback is going to elevate their game the most because they mirror each other so much to the point even their ownership had non-football people running their organization to the ground and then finally they got the bright idea to take a step back get some football people inside their stadium and now both teams look promising but john like i keep saying Indian, indianapolis colts if matt ryan goes out and plays well good for him i as of right now i don't see no team having the upper hand in this division over the other i think is up for grabs for all four of these teams. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Cody and I can't wait for training camp to start. I mean, I'm going to let you know that now. We 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 want to bring you guys, of course, more uh, factual-based meat to the show. 
and uh, just report more on the Texans. That will be happening later this month, and we are both super excited about it. But make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Give me a follow at John underscore Hickman12. Also follow the Locked On Texans Twitter, I mean not Twitter page, YouTube page. Subscribe, like, and comment. Locked On Texans. You can find us on YouTube under that name. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.